Good morning, Living Waters. Great seeing you. Does it feel like spring yet? Starting to get sunny and a little bit warm there during the day, getting out and walking a little bit. Yes, yes, that's good. It's a great feeling. I love it. I love it. Well, and I love my UVA Cavaliers basketball team. Oh, my goodness. Good weekend for them. Yeah, I know, I know. I can throw stuff at me. What are you going to do back there, huh? <laughs> yeah, and go catch this year. Yeah, uh-huh. I was, thank you for saying that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so UVA's had a good weekend, beating UofL yesterday. Next weekend, they may not have a good week uh, weekend, so I brag on this weekend. March Madness is actually going to happen this year. And uh, I'm sorry, UofL fans, that we will pray for you. We have altar areas here at the end. And UK people, well, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do about you guys this year. But anyway, March Madness is upon us. How about that? Missed it last year. Well, it's good to be together. And um, how about the weather recently? We had snow and sleet and snow and then a flood. I mean, <laughs> you put all that together in a couple weeks. And, uh, and, and had... did. It's, <laughs> Roger, I didn't hear that country talk. What was that again? <laughs> yeah. And I know many of you prayed for those in eastern Kentucky, really had some, some towns just flooded, and uh, really feel for them. And things have been shaken up in, in the world this past year. And um, uh, we're getting around that year mark since the pandemic got going. And that's why I really felt this year, this series in the beginning of the year is called Strengthen Our Foundations. And that things have been getting uh, shooken up and we needed to go back to some basics of our faith, some basic teachings from Jesus, and we've started in Matthew, and I just want to review the four that we've hit on uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, we learned of the message of John the Baptist is repent and bear fruit, uh, and that is just basic, even our whole uh, walk with life, not just at salvation. When you be commissioned like Jesus was water baptized and the Holy Spirit came on him, empowered him, with the Spirit, that was his commissioning, with the Father's love. The Father's love said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. We heard uh, and saw how Jesus overcame temptation through what? Through the Word by saying, it is written. And then fourthly, uh, we've been looking at for a couple weeks how Jesus is our, our builder. And he, we join in with him in building our lives and using the kind of building blocks that we need to build a, a house, a temple of the Lord in our lives that will not be shaken. And we spent a couple weeks on that. And today, and perhaps the last day I'll use this title to strengthen our foundations, is an area that I've really seen and felt, and you and I both, uh, really shake this past year. And it's the, the title of this, the subtitle of this message is just follower. Being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus. 
Because what's happened in much of our world is that we have depended on Sunday morning gathering to be our main primary way of our discipleship, of our spiritual growth, of our own personal growth and uh, helping others spiritually grow. And if we've done that, it really was shook up this past year. And that's happening all over the world because the corporate gathering has changed. And if we over-depended on it and our walk with, and with our walk with the Lord, it has, it has, we've been shaken. Shaken. Is that how you say that? Shaken? So, I want to tell you this message this morning is crucial for us as a local church, as the American church, as the Western church, uh, perhaps around the world. Because Jesus said, uh, no, Jesus said, but in Hebrews, the author said in Hebrews chapter 12, what needs to be shaken will be shaken. And God wants to give us a kingdom that will not be shaken. And then it goes on to say that our God is a consuming fire. He wants to get rid of those things, those building materials that's wood, hay, and straw and burn them up and purify them. He, he, that just gets rid of that stuff. It's the gold, silver, and precious stones, the consuming fire just makes that much uh, cleaner and more purified. It's, it kind of goes like this. If, if our worship, the main uh, time that we worship God was on Sunday morning, led by Julia and the team, and then you didn't come to church for how many months, see, that area of worship really disintegrated in your life for those months. If you're really dependent on getting on the Word and it's on just on Sunday morning or primarily on Sunday morning when we go over these scriptures over and over and if that was the main way you got the Word, then it's really affected you. If seeing the people and getting prayer here and praying uh, or and talking before and after, it's been hard. We have this distancing. We have the mask. It's hard to interact as much. We don't come as early. We don't stay as late. And those physical and uh, closeness and, and the uh, relational uh, development that's, that, that can happen on a Sunday morning uh, it, it has been lessened. And if that was the only way you connected with people relationally in prayer and encouragement, then your spiritual walk has been shaken. And I want to say to you that discipleship is, includes a corporate gathering. And the Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of the, of the brothers and sisters in Christ. But it's, that is not the main biblical way of discipleship. Jesus did preach to the thousands and hundreds, and he ministered that way. But you've got to realize, he went alone and got away by himself. That alone time with God. He had three close friends. John, James, uh, and Peter, and he had certain times that they were alone together and had encounters with the Lord. He had a, a group of 12 that he was ministering to. So these Discipleship includes these different types of connecting with people and being by yourself. And so if you're just trusting in this, this the corporate gathering as your main way of discipleship, then you've, you've been rocked. And the whole church has been rocked. It's, it's affected all of us because, because now 
uh, you want to see that person, but they're online, they're not here, or they're, they're, uh, have been quarantined for a couple weeks and you can't see them and, and the, that, it's just, it's not the same gathering every week. Some people are still staying because of health reasons. Some people have a different lifestyle. It's just changed. And we don't want to, I don't want you to wait till it gets back to normal because God shook it up for reason. And that was for us to look deeper. What is being a follower of Christ? What is it going to look like for me? In a culture and society where the corporate gathering has some obstacles to it now. Am I really uh, taking responsibility and growing myself personally one-on-one with Jesus? Am I really engaging with a few uh, other disciples like Jesus did and wants us to and reevaluating how you do discipleship in your own life? Thank you. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4. And what we're going to be looking at in this passage is when Jesus first called uh, the, the, a first set of his followers and disciples. Before we do that, let me just give some prep work and background work. Jesus has actually had three years of ministry, earthly ministry. And, and when you look at the Gospels, it looks like it's different times. It's not real clear when he actually started calling the disciples. And, you know, different authors of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they w- had different ways that they set the order in. Some was uh, chronological, some was because of the events or the geography, you know. And so it's kind of unclear. But it's possible that he had, they were following him, but it wasn't until events like this when he called them as a, one of the 12, one of the 12 apostles and disciples to be in that leadership team. Because the Gospel of John records Jesus with followers and with disciples, like at the uh, wedding of Cana and, and John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. So there's things that they did, but they may not have been called as that leadership team yet. That first year, he did more smaller events of ministry. But it was the second year when the ministry really took off and became large and popular with masses of people. And the third year is when it got more controversial and he, he got, uh, was resisted more and more by the religious leaders to the point where the crowds were calling for, to, for him to be killed. But in those three years of ministry, Jesus decided, even though he would have had a great ministry all by himself, I'm going to do it in relationship. I'm going to do it with partnership. I'm going to do it in a team. He chose that in his model of ministry. That's how he developed it. And this group of 12 of imperfect men, really, like, like really imperfect men, (laughs) men that wouldn't like each other to begin with, men that, that uh, didn't have enough training and education, you would say, and all this. He chose them to change the whole world when he was gone. He left it to them. Change the whole world, you 12, when I leave. And so he, he developed this concept, how do you do that? And so Jesus was into not just the 12, but beyond that, like he sent them out to minister. If you notice that in Luke chapter 9, another gospel, he sent out the 12 to minister without him. And then in the next chapter of Luke 10, he sends out 70. So he didn't just keep it to the 12. So this concept of being a disciple making disciple, that's what he was. 
That's what he wanted his men to be. I'm a disciple, Peter, John, and I am making another disciple. I am a disciple myself, and I'm always making another one. It's, it's, that's, that's the team concept. That's the expand it, get it to be larger than that. This Friday night is a prayer meeting, a worship night. Open the wells. And we want to have an atmosphere of learning on Friday night. Where even if you haven't uh, uh, experienced much, the voice of God and God, the gifts of the spirits, uh, uh, gifts of the spirits speaking to you or giving you promptings, the Lord wants to do that. We want that environment on Friday. We want to be a disciple-making environment this Friday night. So don't go, oh, that's for those people who are really good intercessors. No, that's for us to learn together. I have a great team. These team members are motivated and they're, they're gifted in the area of worship and prayer. The Contes, the Rocks, Nancy Winters, Julia Pierce, they're our planning and prayerful uh, preparation team. So I want to encourage you to be there. So Jesus was a healthy leader releasing the people to minister even before he left. He didn't just like teach him and say, this is what you do. No, he, even before he went to heaven and, and the healthy people released the leaders to lead. That's how the combination works together. In this environment of that day, uh, where there was a rabbi, they would let the rabbi lead. See, back in those days, rabbis did have followings. And people, and usually young men, would come to a great teacher, a wise great teacher, and say, I want uh, to, to join uh, you and, and be in this, one of your pupils, one of your students, one of your followers. Can, can I join you? And he would say yes. And, and, but the point was, is to watch his life to see how he applied the Hebrew scriptures, the, the Bible, the, the Old Testament scriptures. It wasn't just to sit down and take notes at a cool lecture. It wasn't just to show up at class in the morning and the afternoon. No, it was to travel and live together so you could watch him and see how he applies it and then get into the word, discuss it, debate it together. How does this, uh, what does this mean? And so it was very heady and knowledgeable, but it was also how to live this out. That was the context. When you had a rabbi and a teacher traveling, that's what the followers were doing. So that's what we, we're seeing here is that Jesus is, is good, becoming on the scene as one of these rabbi teachers. And we're in Matthew chapter 4, and uh, we're going to see what is said here uh, to these fishermen. Verse 18. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Lord, thank you for your word. We ask that your word, just like those ancient students and followers, we want your word to not just understand it, but apply it to our lives. We ask your Holy Spirit to illuminate, give us wisdom or revelation so we can apply it to our lives. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take a minute and play a video clip of this scene out of the movie The Chosen. I don't know how many of you have seen that yet. Uh, it's different episodes. How many was it? Eight episodes, six or eight episodes. The least I really enjoyed watching those. The Lord kind of touched me. Each time there was something in each episode that got to my spirit. And in this episode, it reflects more of the Luke account of this. And then Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, it's a little more details where Jesus has been speaking to the crowd and using uh, Peter's and Andrew's, Peter and Andrew are brothers, using his fishing boat to speak off of the shore. And, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and they have been fishing, they haven't caught anything. And, and then Jesus says, here, you know, throw the net in again. Now, in the chosen, and I'm going to be a little spoiler alert, I'm warning you right now, I'll give a, a few more details, but not hopefully too much. The way they develop the backstory is that Peter is behind on taxes, back taxes, to the Romans. And he's even starting to do some shady things as a, a Jewish man uh, to try to make up those back taxes. And so now he's, his, his Jewish partners and friends are mad at him. Uh, the Romans are after him. His, he's not able to pay the bills right now. His wife's mad at him. He's got a sick mother-in-law in the house, and he might lose the house if he can't get these, these back taxes paid. And this is his last night to fish all night to try to get a big catch and pay off all these debts. And if he, does, he knows he's going to be arrested. And so in, the, in that backstory that they, they developed and, and kind of made up, okay, that's not in the scriptures, that was, this was it. This was the morning of. He was going to just go in and get arrested and just pay the consequence and watch his life crumble and his failures ruin his life. But Jesus shows up by his boat. Let's go ahead and play that. It's about five minutes. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. We've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. Push it, 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 push it,
I told you. I told you. I told you. My brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. You as well. Yes, you, James and John. Come, follow me. I'll take the fish to the market and settle up Simon's bed. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> We've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. So this moment where Peter says, what do you want from me? I'll do anything. He has a reason to follow Jesus. He has a desire to follow this rabbi. This rabbi is showing him that, hey, yes, you have blown it lately. You're, you're on the edge of, of total failure. You've let down your family. But I am good. I am good. I am good. I'm going to take care of you. Peter comes with humility. He says, you don't know what I've done. I, I, I'm not worthy of this. I'll, I'll, I'll give you anything. None of us are worthy, are we? We all have good reason to follow Jesus because he's worthy. And so Peter offers himself to Jesus, what do you want from me? And he simply says, follow me. Follow me. And as Matthew 4 says, and I will make you fishers of men. 
So it was a trust walk. It was him having to leave his wife and home behind. It was him having to trust others. Somehow, this good God, this lamb, is going to have to take care of the needs of my responsibility. There really was a sacrifice. These Young men were leaving their businesses, their livelihood, how they took care of one another. And they had to trust that God, as this is before God, God's going to somehow take care of them. It was a difficult culture to do that, to, to leave mother and father because you're to honor them, you're to serve them, you're to help them. Jesus is actually flipping the switch here. He's doing a different order because in their day, the student would come to the teacher and say, can I follow you? I come to you. But this is Jesus initiating. He's coming after you and saying, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. One aspect about this type of learning environment was that the rabbis were so respected when you came to the rabbi you're saying i believe the way you live and apply the word of god is right so not only do i have a desire to follow you but i submit to your teachings and how you interpret the word of god i'm going to submit to it so i'm going to emulate you i'm going to follow you that's what they mean by follow i'm going to follow you're going to be my model and so who is a follower of christ a person who imitates the master in obeying god's word that's for them at that ancient time that's for us today that's what jesus is calling us is for us to imitate to have a desire for us to to not only desire but submit to the way he applies god's word i want to go on to another area about what does discipleship look like what is a definition of a disciple and in later on in matthew chapter 19 we see two stories that bring this to very, you know, clear clarity. And it's in Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. And it's about the uh, rich young man, a ruler who comes to Jesus. And he's coming with some good questions. You know, he says, how do I obtain eternal life? Uh, and, and Jesus said to him, well, you know, keep the commandments as a good Jewish boy. And, and Jesus knew where this perspective's coming from, and he's kind of engaging him. And, and then he, the young man said, well, which ones? Because I, I, I have not committed adultery, and I haven't stolen. I have, I've been good. I've done all these things. How do I obtain it? I've even honored my father and mother. Come on. And, and, and uh, Jesus says this in verse 20. All these things, excuse me, the young man said this, all these things I have kept, all these commands, what am I still lacking? And verse 21 says, Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And so in this story, this Rich young man, and it's, he had a lot of wealth. That was his priority. 
his wealth, his money, his material things. That is what his priority was. He had did many good things, but the order was wrong. The money, the wealth wasn't evil in itself. He could have been a wealthy man, and Jesus may not even told him to get rid of it all. He could have just said, follow me. But he knew that was where he wasn't going to submit to the teachings of Christ. He went, because the priority was wrong. Peter's priority was wrong. And when he saw that, hey, Jesus is good, he'll take care of your material things, come follow me. You can trust me with these these needs that you have. I just gave you a boatload of fish to cash in on. Trust me. In this same chapter, chapter 19, it's Peter talking now after this scene with this rich young ruler and it must have sparked something in Peter this is starting at verse 27 I'm going to just kind of set this up Peter is like you know we have left everything you know that that wealthy guy wasn't willing to do it we did it and we've done the sacrifice and and so Peter says to him say hey Jesus you know we've left everything to follow you what what will there be for us what kind of reward will we have and he says, well, yeah, you know, if uh, you follow me, I'll actually sit, you'll actually sit on a glorious throne with me. But he goes on in verse 29, it says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my namesake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. Verse 30, but many who are first will be last and the last verse. So this pursuit to be first, to be to be the top of this and have the most of, of these treasures and have and be better than everybody, this this attempt to be first in everything, and that uh, selfish ambition, in the end, it'll be your last. You'll be shocked. The priority is wrong. You don't put yourself first, you don't put your material things first. You put Jesus first and the other things in a proper order under the lordship of christ submitting to his teaching that's the order this is not easy for us this is quite a list i mean there's nothing evil in it houses or or blessing from god brothers and sisters are a blessing from god mothers and fathers god gives us mothers and fathers and children uh, god likes farming he is he is he's a he created farming so these things are not evil things but he's saying he's not saying leave them and ditch them and stomp on them and throw dirt on them and on your mom and dad and no he's not saying he said give them to me leave them to me Put me first and then trust them with me. See, it's, it's a release where we're carrying the burden. It's, it's all my responsibility. I got to do it all by myself. It's the most important thing. God help us. I'm being convicted right now. Let's trust God with these things that we carry. And keep our first love the first love. See, these things that are good and even our responsibilities that we have, but when they get in the right order, uh, the incorrect order, then we're not trusting God with them and it, it tangles our hearts. 
the, it, the ties to these uh, important but earthly things and relationships, they can tie up our heart and, uh, and, and the worries and anxieties, they pull us away from our devotion to Jesus. It, we can get cluttered with so many other things in our mind and our heart. These distractions, they, they clutter us and we can't focus on the first priority and it's Jesus. So that's what it means to be a disciple. So yeah, I'm a disciple. I've been a believer for, you know, 30 years. How is your priority list going? Is something distracting? Is something pulling away? Is anxiety grabbing it? And your devotion to him is, is lessening. Let me tell you, this is the call of discipleship. I mentioned last uh, week how 1981 in March of 1981 was the inauguration the launch of Living Waters Church and such a devoted passionate group began Living Waters Church and and many in here are pillars of the church today because they were faithful then but I want to say to all of us listen let's renew our discipleship let's renew our priorities and let Jesus form us and make us in 2021 that we have two significant generations of 40 year spans to this month that this this month this season is a is a time that this body Look, seriously, Lord, we don't want to have mediocre, uh, mediocrity in our life. We don't want to have halfway devotion. We don't want to be distracted. Or we don't want to be discouraged because I've tried to follow you. And I've, I've failed here. I slipped away there. I sinned there. And I've retried. And, I try, and I'm just discouraged. I'm not trying right now. Yes, we need desire to want to follow Christ and need a humility. We, we need to get our priorities right. Uh, we need to, but we also need endurance. It's just one of the pieces of the puzzle. Everybody's got to have it. It's not exempt. Luke eighteen fifteen says, But the seed... In the good soul, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, hold fast to it and bear fruit with perseverance. Bear fruit with perseverance. That perseverance, endurance is part of it. Even in the end times, Jesus goes on to speak in Luke 21, how in the end times there's going to be this pressure uh, from uh, the government, um, hint, hint, uh, from the culture, hint, hint, uh, to to back down, to not stay strong. And it says in uh, Luke chapter 21, verse 19, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Endurance is a requirement. It's necessary. We can't back down from it. I hope you are contacting your our, our state uh, Congressman and, and Senator uh, uh, Mitch McConnell and, and Paul Rand about the Equality Act. It's the government s- trying to legislate morality, taking freedoms of religion away from Christian businessmen and, and uh, schools and churches. It's, it's an awful legislation. 
there's battles going on in our state government. I hope you keep in touch with that. I know one of them, again, with the freedom of religion. There's one about Kentucky State Police giving them freedom on off-duty to be able to go to political events if, if they want to. We have a friend uh, who attended our church a couple years, a, a state Kentucky State trooper who's uh, went to a, a political event a few months ago, ended up being moved out of his, his, his position where he was working and put in a civilian position. Came right out of the instructions or um, direction from the governor's office. So I want to tell you, it is, this is happening now. The environment that Jesus talked about in the, in the last days, well, there will be uh, official for, forces in corporations and the economy and businesses and government coming at uh, our convictions to follow God. It's happening as we speak. I believe that this year of 2021 is a year for us to pledge ourselves to renewed discipleship. That we're saying, mold us, make us. We want to be like Isaiah 64, 8 says, but now, Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter, and, you, and all of us are the work of your hands. Let's be some good clay. Let's give ourselves to the potter. Jeremiah in chapter 18 takes this uh, illustrations further. And he talks about how he just, God told him to go to a potter's house and watch. And as he was watching, the word of the Lord came to him. Verses 4, 6, uh, starting with verses uh, 4 of, of chapter 18. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. And he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? Declares the Lord, Behold, like the clay on the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. It's not too late God can refashion you. He can, he can make you soft again. He can create a new vessel. This, this is not something to be discouraged about. Oh, it's too late. I've made too many mistakes. Oh, I'm setting my ways. Don't get set in your ways. Let you uh, get soft again. And let there be a, a desire that says, God, I want to follow you. I want you to mold me. I want you to make me. He said, follow follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Make us, fashion us, construct us, uh, rearrange us. Help us get our priorities right, Lord. So where are we discipling? And what areas do you fish for people? This idea Paul really lived it out it wasn't just for Jesus and the 12 apostles Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 he said be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ 
Be imitators of me. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I wouldn't raise my hand. How many of you want people to follow you around 24-7 watching everything you do? Take notes and say, I'm going to do like you, what you do, Rabbi. Imitate me. I mean, that, that, is, that is such a call to purity and uh, devotion to the teachings of Christ. But that is the model of discipleship Jesus wants. He wants us to get out of uh, just depending on the preacher uh, doing it and the, and, the, and the big intercessor doing the big prayers. No, he wants to let that be, encourage us, equip us to actually do it ourselves. Where our lives every day is, can be discipling someone. That's the model of Jesus. He wants us to be a discipling-making disciple. I'm a disciple, and I'm a, I'm, but I'm making a disciple. I make other disciples. One key to that is, is the humility piece. Paul wasn't perfect. We know he was a strong believer. We know he was amazing. But he wasn't perfect. He was human like us, and he talked about his weaknesses. And so when you have someone watching you, someone that you're mentoring or discipling, you don't have to be perfect. You are qualified because you have a few more weeks or months or years ahead of them uh, in following the Lord. You have so much to give. You have many uh, examples of God helping you and, and leading you and touching you. You are qualified to make disciples, but you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be honest and real about it. And your weaknesses. Because if you try to show that, yeah, I don't sin, uh, I don't make mistakes, I don't blow it sometimes, well then bum, because uh, they're going to see that, and, and if you're trying to hide it or something, it's not going to work. See, we, it's just like family, right? We can't fool our family. We are, live together, so we do disciple our family. Our family members, we disciple one another. We're watching each other. We see how real and true our relationship with God is. Because you can't hide how we apply the Word of God. So even in our families, what is it? It's to be real and honest when we blow in it. To say, I'm sorry first. To ask forgiveness. To be honest about your weakness. To ask for prayer. Even if you're the mentor or the more mature one or the older one, you ask for prayer and let them see that, yes, we all need help. You might ask, well, I, I don't know what, you know, area to disciple. I don't know what, what to focus on. What, what do I do? Well, we went over it the last couple weeks. Jesus is our builder, and he has, by his grace, given gifts to men. And these four areas we already talked about. So one of these areas is going to work from you. You have gifts in these areas. You have, uh, uh, in, in the second growth track, we have surveys. If you, if you feel like, oh, I really don't know how to, to work with this. I, I need a confirmation. I need to discuss this with someone. Come to that second growth track because they have surveys and there's discussions to, and, and to help work this out. But you have a heart for the prophetic where God is speaking through the gifts of the Spirit, through visions and dreams, through prayer, intercession and worship. 
that's very vertical with God. We need, uh, in like this Friday night, to have learning environments with that. There's a teaching environment of God's Word where the understanding of God's Word and, and, and going deeper in it is, is being happening. That's another very vertical. But we have very relational gifts as well. Reaching out to people of God, caring through you, shepherding and walking with people who are uh, in suffering and pain, those who uh, need that extra attention. We have evangelistic uh, gifts where it's just his salvation. There's an area for you, probably more than one, to disciple others and for you to stay focused and get discipled yourselves. These are the building blocks of your temple that's not going to be rocked by whatever happens in 2021, whatever happens to the corporate economy environment, whatever happens in the government and what gets passed in the government. You have a life that's strong and based on these building blocks that that are from Jesus's nature and character himself. These work great in the local church, as the next slide shows that it's the apostolic overseeing leaders like the elders bring these together in unity so that we can all bear fruit together. I have, you know, a, a dream of mine that as I get older doesn't mean that I leave the younger generations behind. I have, a, I have a dream that as I get into, I'm in my 50s now, when I get in my 60s and even 70s, and if I'm not working on a church staff, it doesn't matter that my lifestyle will still be one that has a heart for discipling the younger generations. I, uh, you know, was in youth ministry specifically for many years, and I really didn't like that title because it just kind of said, uh, you know, Stephen, you're only equipped and you're only, uh, uh, you know, good for the uh, for the youth. And then we have a children's minister, and they're only good for the even younger children. And then we have young adult minister, and you're only good. And you're and I felt no, no, my my heart is good. I like all the generations. I feel like I'm called to minister all generations. And you know how Miss Marty was uh, a children's minister, but you, didn't you love it when Miss Marty would teach? Because she had giftings to, to minister to all generations. Just because she didn't like us older people doesn't mean anything. She was still good at it. She missed that. She's out in the hallway right now. She missed that. Someone out there, get Roger. He might be talking to Marty. Get both of them in here. I need to, I need to talk to them. Tell this is important, folks. I'm telling you, you want to have a desire, a, a dream to reach younger generations. I want to have several layers. I want to be in my 70s and have uh, a younger ones that are in their 50s. Then I want to have some there in their 30s. And I want to have some in their 20s. I want to be a multi-generational minister. I'll just make it real. I mean, hey, I'm in my 50s now. So when, when, when I'm with my buddies and, 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 and here he comes right now. I see him through the window. When I'm with my buddy Roger, as we've known each other since I was 
moved to Kentucky when I was 22. I'm talking about you. <laughs> I was single, single and uh, I, was, I had uh, focused on a young woman and, and, and um, uh, had, had the ring and got engaged soon after I moved here. But, um, but being a bachelor, I didn't cook and he cooked. So he took care of me. His cooking was, was helpful to me that, that early years. But we don't talk about the same things that we talk about now. You know why? Because we talk about, oh, gosh, what, uh, I have this happening out here in my back. And, oh, yeah, gosh, all I did this is my shoulder. And, yeah, and oh, yeah, I can't, this is my knees. And, my, and, and, and the doctor said this. And, and yo, you ought to go to the doctor. No, I'm not going to the doctor. You should go to the doctor. No, you should because you I can't reach my shoes. I got to use shoes that, that don't have laces so I can just slip them on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't bend over that far. <laughs> we when we hang around ourselves, that's what we talk about. How you feeling today? Well, you know, it's just these three things today. That's pretty good, <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, that's real. That's life. That's what we're dealing with. But we want the younger generations in our life, and they don't want to hear about that, do they? But they need us. They, there's there's, there's a, a, a anointing to be a spiritual mother and father to show that you care, show that you're available, that, they, that you are, want to be in their world, even though you can't connect on everything that's cool and all the lingo or whatever. But they know you've made it. They've been watching you. They like the way you've applied the word of God in your life. And so you have so much to give. You're qualified to be a disciple-making disciple. You're qualified. You can make disciples. You're good. You don't need to have to go to a class or go to... I mean, all that helps. Yeah, get, get training all you can. But you're good. Just do it. Do it. You're good. Yes, have your old buddies and talk about, you know, how your waistline is stretching with the elastic. I love the jeans that stretch. I just fell in love with those things. I just I'd never buy anything else. No, they existed. I love it. So that's, that's real life. But hey, invest in younger generations. Be available for younger generations. You want to be a disciple-making disciple. Let me just... Wrap up here with some um, uh, just reminders here. I'm going to close in prayer. For you, what is a follower of Christ? A person who imitates the Master in obeying God's Word. Lord, that's, that's our heart's cry. We want to have a desire for you to obey the Word like you want us to. We submit to the way you apply the Word of God. go ahead and get our list here. Number one, our desire and humility for discipleship, to submit to the Word of God, submission, to get our priorities right. Lord, we we pray that we don't fall back into a materialism where, uh, you know, even good things that you provide for us becomes more important than our first love, our first priority. Say a blessing over you, those who are at home, those who are right here. Lord Jesus, 
we pledge in 2021 that you can remold us, you can remake us, make us into fishers of men. We, we say yes to being a disciple. We say yes to being a follower of Christ, obedient to your word. Lord, mold us and make us, fashion us, Lord. Uh, adjust us, uh, change us, Lord God. Transform us that we would look like the master that much more. Oh, Father. Father, we, we uh, leave these things behind, not in the dirt, not under our feet, but we leave them with you, Lord God. We get, release them to you. These worries, these anxieties that pull on our heartstrings, they make things complicated and tangled up and confused, Lord. Lord, it is, our priority is, number one, you. You're our master, our teacher. You are the one we follow. You're the one that we want to watch. We want to observe and obey your word. So, Lord God, we pray for grace for that. Lord, right now, Lord God, I mean, and I'm, and I'm asking help for it right now. I'm, Lord God, I don't want material things and needs, legitimate needs, Lord God, to get in the way of my devotion of you. Lord, let's, we just confess that to you right now. We want you to be number one. Lord, you proved to Peter, uh, I'll take care of you, other material things. Look at this boatload of fish I just gave you. That's going to cover you for a while. I'll do that or something else again. I'll get to take a, a coin out of a fish's mouth so you can pay taxes uh, later to Caesar. Don't worry about it. Do not have fear. Follow me. I'm a good God. I'm going to take care of you. Follow me. Put me first. Lord, thank you, Lord, that this grace is for this. We can, we can do this with grace. Uh, your empowerment to put you first. Hallelujah. You are blessed to have a great week. You can stay and worship here some more. You can uh, visit in the, in the gathering place. Have a great week. Love you guys. And I know, by God's grace, you're going to be a follower of Christ like never before in 2021. Have a great week.